Welcome to the Irish Tech News Podcast with Simon Cocking, Senior Editor. I'll be doing a series of interviews with people at the cutting edge of green tech, clean tech, and anything else that we think is interesting and worth listening to for you guys, our listeners. Hi. So today uh, we have somebody uh, who I'm a big fan of. Uh, and we've also read her book and interviewed her a few years ago, but it's definitely a while since we've spoken to her. So today uh, we have Maddie Sharma on. And maybe if you can first, for, for those who don't remember or know who you are, give us an idea of uh, who you are and, and, and what, what you do, what you're known for. OK, so uh, my name is Maddie and Maddie stands for Make a Difference Ideas. So everything that I do has to make a difference. And my job uh, my job is about creating entrepreneurs. I'm an entrepreneur, entrepreneur myself and have been for 30, almost 30 years now. And I, I like to empower people, women, young people. Um, I work across the world on different subjects, uh, the empowerment of women, the creation of businesses, investment, these sort of things. And I'm a freelance journalist. Um, but it's a, it's mainly about valuing human capital is the work that we do. Okay, awesome. And so on your Twitter bio, for example, uh, the first two words you lead with are, are are strong, but potentially paradoxical, or maybe not. So you describe yourself as a social capitalist. So 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 what does a social capitalist look like in twenty twenty? Basically, a social capitalist, it, it, it was a tag that was given to me, uh, and it's one I, I picked up and used. Basically, I create money, and I create money through business, and I try always to create it in an ethical way with principles and values. And then I use that money to drive social change. So unlike NGOs and charities, they basically rely on money coming from outside sources. Usually there's a vested interest in that. Plus it's not sustainable because you haven't got a guaranteed amount of money coming in. So what we did, what I did was I decided that I would create my own companies and then from the profits of my own companies, I drive the changes that I want to see which is why a large percentage of our focus is on the empowerment uh, and uh, of women and the creation of more businesses to be able to value human capital. So that's what a social capitalist is to me. Cool. Yeah, it makes sense. Uh, but I think it's always good to hear the people like you articulate it because that way I think it helps other people to understand. Um, so You've had an interesting year and your timing meant that you ended up spending a large amount of lockdown in Corsica. So do, do you want to maybe just, just tell us how, how, how that came to be and then what it was like to be in Corsica for lockdown? Well, so for the most of my time, I'm based in the UK uh, out of Nottingham, the home of Robin Hood, which is probably <laughs> also where the social capitalist bit came in from. Um, and uh, I, I work a lot of my time in Brussels um, because I also used to work for um, one of the EU institutions. But I have a partner who is French uh, and we have a home in Corsica. And I've never been able to spend much time here. Usually I come here for a weekend in every month. Mm -hmm. But uh, I was planned on the 7th of March to come to Corsica for a week, because I hadn't got anything to do with Br in Brussels. And as I arrived in Corsica, I had a sore throat. My partner had had a sore throat for two days. He arrived two days after me in Corsica. 
to have been diagnosed when he arrived with COVID, which meant I also had COVID. And the symptoms started to come out. For me, Touchwood, they were very, very mild. Uh, I was in the garden. I was digging. But I, it sounds really uh, strange, Simon, but for years now, I have been wishing that the world would stop, so that I could get off, have just a week's break, and then get back on. Mm-hmm. Just so that I had some time for me, because I'm one of these people who tells other people that they should be putting me time in the diary, but I was never making that me time for me, because mm-hmm. everybody wants a piece of you when you have something that can help other, other people. So, And I was always happy to give my time. I, uh, I'm not selfish in that, um, and I don't charge for my time always. So I, I was, But I just wanted it to stop just for a week. Um, and it's ended up be, it ended up being, I think, a month because uh, the UK uh, because I was in two weeks uh, what we call confinement isolation so that I didn't infect anybody else. Mm-hmm. Then France went into two weeks of lockdown, which ended up being a month. So it was almost six weeks before I actually went out of the house. So yeah. I had that time, and with that time. I really reflected on my life and have learned to value time much more now and the, doing the things that I wanted to do. So I'm still working because we've always worked in my company. We've always worked remotely because I have people across the world who work for me. So we all work from home. We're all on the laptops all day, all day long. Our clients understand us for that. And so we didn't lose any of our clients either during lockdown or during the COVID crisis. But what we have all done is managed to spend more time with our, more time with our families. Even more, even that being online for me was I, because I have uh, two grandchildren uh, and two daughters, uh, all in the all in the UK, and my parents, of course, who have also been in isolation since February. Yeah. to keep them safe so you, you start to reassess life in a different way but you've also got to make it work um and because we've always focused on human capital uh it was it was about rethinking about human capital from my perspective to start off with before i could start advising others yeah look absolutely um and i think like you say it's potentially a fantastic opportunity so i guess from that uh, I know that you both spent more time in the garden and I think it'd be interesting to hear about that. And then equally, did it make you reframe how you work and the way you work? And and I guess because obviously, you know, most of us have had very little face-to-face meetings, but we still aimed to work. So so how have you, have you changed the way you work? And if so, in what way? Well, we, we started from the fact that of course, I, I was the first one to contract the COVID am, uh, amongst all of our team, and Touchwood, I've been the only one. I've been the only one to have it. Okay. So it, it was a case of me saying, "Okay, I haven't got the energy level that I normally have, but we need to carry on working. Plus, I need to make sure that my staff were safe and that they weren't going to get COVID wherever they were in the world. So I also asked them to consider not going out, consider Mm. about their families. So we started from the very basics of 
looking after yourself and looking after the team so that we could all continue the work that we were doing. We were well aware that the world was potentially going to go into lockdown and that meant we could lose clients. So we also had the very honest conversation with each other to say, okay, what do we need financially? So that was talking to the staff about their salaries and saying, okay, if we lose some clients, you may have to take a cut. So, because if you don't have those honest conversations at the time of a crisis or even leading to a crisis, people start to panic. They think they're going to be made redundant or not have jobs. And there's millions of people going through this at the minute. So one of the things we've always tried to do is be clear with people. And the other thing I said to them was that maybe they should go home to be with their families rather than staying in uh, an apartment on their own, which they've also done. Um, So I've I've now got most of my staff stationed with their families somewhere Mm -hmm. somewhere in the world. And then I was explaining that, okay, so I won't be on uh, online nine to nine to five uh, uh, as as we usually are. My times will differ because I'm going to try and get outside because that was also a recommendation. Plus, it's something that I believe in being healthy, eating natural foods, getting out in the garden and growing natural foods. So in Corsica, we have quite a nice climate. So by March, it was already starting to get slightly warm. So uh, I had some seeds that were there from last year, which I never managed to get planted. So I started to plant seeds. And the scent of joy when these seeds started to sprout, I am literally going out onto the terrace every single day to watch these little seeds having grown a tiny, tiny little bit or the beans which grow massively and then you plant them out and then within a couple of months you've actually got vegetables which you are eating yeah and it's all your work and i don't know why but this was a sense of this is a whole this is how business is it's seeds we start with the seed of an idea and we have to grow that seed And you cannot force that seed to grow any faster. If you do, you risk killing it by by, by trying the wrong things. But when it has its time to develop, like the business, the fruits of what you get are amazing. And then there was my other discovery. You have to bear in mind that I'm I'm the eldest daughter of five and uh, 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 five daughters, uh-huh. uh, uh, and my dad was in the garden every single day uh, when we, we we were young. So I've grown up with with vegetables and fresh fruits and all, all these sort of things. But what I didn't realize was that the flowers give seeds. So out of my one packet of marigold seeds, don't laugh. I have collected billions of seeds now. <laughs> Yeah. And I have marigolds because the second round of marigolds are now growing all over the garden. It was a big mistake. Um, but again, it's it's a fruit of the business. And then you work out, okay, you can use these seeds to help others seed their ideas going forward. And it was basically, it 
brewing for something that I, I, I now understand much better how to explain to people what the value of business is, as well as what the value of taking time and understanding how things work and how things grow and how you grow as a person. Yeah, I, th I think so. And, and, and I kind of I, I'm loving it, too, because uh, we, we began to watch Gardener's World uh, much more regularly this year than previously. And, you know, Monty Don will talk a lot about mental health. And uh, there's an interesting aspect which I hadn't really realized, which is when you grow stuff, you realize that you can control it to some degree. But some seeds will take and some seeds won't. And, and, and you can do as much as you can. But but some have to go and some will make it and some don't. And, and, and that's almost quite good because then you realize that you, it's like nurture and nature you can only control things to a certain degree and and like as you're saying you're elaborating you're very much drawing the metaphor with business as well and and I think we've seen that and then also in the UK in Ireland there was a run on garden centers yeah. for all of the stuff and so therefore you know I, I think it is ho hopefully maybe pushing us to more uh, self-resilience and perhaps you're seeing that too I, 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 are you seeing that as well it's it's exactly what I'm seeing, and and I can I can relate it directly to my father. So my father was uh, was in business and retired. I don't know some twenty odd years ago now, and he still goes in the garden every day. He's eighty seven. He's wow. in amazing health, absolutely uh -huh. amazing health. He has slight dementia. Sometimes it's worse than other times. But when he is in the garden, his mind, his uh, strength, he's so aware of everything. It makes a real difference. And I was doing some research, and there are substances in the soil. There are hormones in the soil which make us happy. Okay. They also make us stronger in our resilience uh, and immunity. And somebody even said, I think I read, I, I read somebody, when we were kids, do you remember I'm going down the garden to eat some worms? It's that putting the soil in your mouth when you're a child that actually strengthens your antibodies. I'm not a doctor, so please don't anybody try this at home. But there's a huge sense of well-being when, when you go outside. And I think that is something um that we need to we need to encourage much more there was one other thing that i also realized how much waste i was throwing away from the kitchen uh -huh. so, um every day uh, my partner was go, goes to the bin because we don't have bins by the, the house here you have one collective bin and it's emptied every single day um but Every day we were, we were throwing out a full bag of rubbish. And I worked out that the majority of it was vegetables. So I built a compost uh, and started to put the, veg started to put the vegetables on, on the compost and, and start composting things, which I've now put in the garden because I've got horrible clay soil. But our, our rubbish has reduced to one bag per week now. And I'm not talking about a black plastic bag. I'm talking about a small paper bag, uh, which we get which we get our produce in in, in, in Corsica, um, because I don't, also don't use plastic bags. Mm -hmm. But the, the amount of waste you can save from the kitchen and then utilize it in the garden and put that back, 
And it's this, just this whole re-evaluating everything around us um, to the point now that I was on a plane every single week before COVID. Now, I don't want to get on a plane anymore. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I, I'm happy to go, okay, I have to go back to the UK because I have family there um, and I have my grandkids and it's not enough seeing them through a screen. So maybe once a month as opposed to traveling once a, once a week. I, uh, and therefore, we can all cut down on, the, on, on what's going on in the planet and make sure that the planet becomes a better place for everybody to live. There was, a, there was a fantastic example. And I know I'm talking from a perspective which others may, may say, okay, I, I, I'm privileged and I am extremely privileged and I know it at the minute. But uh, in Corsica, we have ferry boats going to the mainland. So it's a 12-hour or 6-hour, depending on which part, whether you're going to Italy or whether you're going to south of France, on the boat. And normally we have approximately four boats per day at, uh, during the winter and then maybe 20-odd boats per day going each way in the summer. And there were dolphins within in the bay. You could see the dolphins came cool. right up to the shore just because there were no boats. And that yeah. makes a real difference. Oh, look, I think so. And I mean, and, and, and like you said, that sounds lovely. And that's a real physical manifestation of of how things could be different. Um, so I guess in, in your capacity as a, an advisor um, and helping other people with their businesses, um, are there tips that you would give to founders and female founders in particular who are looking to launch and grow businesses now in 2020 and beyond? Are, are there things that should be being done differently to how we did it before? We, we, we've always said to uh, women particularly, they're really well organized because we have to do it naturally. And during times of COVID or during the times of these, this lockdown, it's an ideal time to sit and think and reflect on what you really want to do. Reflect on your ideas. If you've got an idea to start a business, start working on it now. Mm-hmm. Most people have the fear of launching during a crisis. It's the best time to launch because you're actually hitting the ground running. Start your business. Start with the ideas. Don't don't register your business. Don't register the name. Don't register with the tax officers. Just start to try it. When you see that it works, then register everything. Please don't do your business illegally. But register everything after you've proven that it's, it works. Yeah. But get it going and get it going now. Women have the organization skills, the communication skills. Social media is so up at the minute that you can use the different channels, which means you can work from home for those women with kids. I haven't got any kids at home now that I have to look after, but still I value from working from home. You don't have to travel. You're much more organized. Your lunch is the meal from the day before. It's, it's much easier. And you're there for the family if you need to be. And also, I think, with the, with the, during the times of COVID, is, is that partners and men especially, the, 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 the male side of the, the, the partnership, 
also understands more about what goes on in the home because they've been at home more and yeah. they've got engaged. Keep that engagement. Keep that time that men now have with their kids, which they were never fortunate enough to have before because of work-life balance. It's we've, we've got to make that work-life balance be there. It's not about legislation for work-life balance. It's about making it happen. And that means that women have a great opportunity now to start businesses and grow those businesses. Great. Uh, yeah, definitely. I think that's uh, very interesting. Um, so who do you get your inspiration from and, and or where do you get your information and for you to stay up to date with what's relevant and useful for you? So with me, it's, it's quite difficult because a lot of my work is also on geopolitics. So I'm, I'm usually watching the different news channels and I'm doing the quick 140 characters on Twitter of who's doing what. And then I look deeper into things after that. Okay. But there's so much information now on the internet um, and on uh, news sources for getting the information that you want towards, towards your business. Go, go there, but take inspiration. This, this has to be a plea. Please take inspiration from real people. I have listened to your podcast. It's those sorts of podcasts of listening to other people walking in the forest learning about the ecology, okay. uh, the environment. It, it needs to be real people. Don't try and be a, a, a celebrity. You know, <laughs> it's very difficult to, to be an Elon Musk or, uh, you know, a Richard Branson of this world and follow and, and read their books and, and you will be like them. No, try and be like normal entrepreneurs, business people, real people. Take your inspiration from them. That That's what I do. My inspiration is always the toilet cleaner. The most important person in any business and in any organization. Because nobody would go to work. Nobody would go to the shops, to the restaurants, whatever, if the toilets weren't clean. And yet nobody wants to do that job. When did you last say thank you to the person who cleaned the toilet? Those toilet cleaners are my inspiration. Yeah, look, I mean, and, and I, I think in, in good companies, uh, everybody has a stake and enjoys working there. Whereas in, in uh, at the other end of this scale, then you have high turnover and people don't stick around. So uh, I, I think that definitely makes sense. Um, so look, I mean, it's been really uh, interesting and positive. I guess if everything goes well for you, uh, what would you be hoping to do in six to 12 months time? Like wh what's on your horizon for you next? Uh, don't laugh, but it would, it would be to start a farm. It's actually, I, I have no desires to retire. I, lo I, I, I love what I do. I love helping people. And I can be really flexible now around my, around my timings and everything. So I'd like to start a farm um, uh, with, you know, a goat, a donkey. Um, and I'd also like to start another business, yet another one, uh, okay. around something to do with the environment um, and ecology in a sense that it also helps in the well-being and human capital development. So I have to, I'm, I'm working on something. I have a couple of ideas, and I'm also working on something with my nine-year-old grandson uh, to be an entrepreneur and to help others in the same way that I'm doing. So uh, let's see what we can do. Awesome. <laughs>
Um, so look, I mean, I th it's been really enjoyable to talk to you. I mean, and I've, I'd enjoyed your YouTube and stuff before. So I, I, I know that you're very passionate and very charismatic. And it's like you say that the fact that your dad is uh, still out in the garden, I think shows the value of it. Um, so do, will you now be based in Corsica? Is, is, is that the plan now for the farm and everything? Well, so, so the, the, the plan is uh, to go back to the UK next week, if possible, depending on what's going to happen there, because mm -hmm. uh, I'm expecting my third grandchild. Um, so, and then to base myself as much as possible in Corsica, yes, uh, because there's a small piece of land at the side of the house, which, uh, yeah, I'd like, to turn in, I'd like to turn into the farm. So, yeah, and it's a, it's a fabulous place to live. And I couldn't, I, it's the best place to come on holiday. I have to say that. Look, I've heard it's very beautiful. So, yeah. My, so, look, thanks very much for uh, taking the time to do the podcast with us. And uh, maybe we'll check in with you in six months time and see how the next ideas are going. Perfect. Thank you, Simon. We hope you enjoyed that podcast and we will be bringing you more across as diverse and interesting a range of stories as we can find. You're welcome to reach out to us on Twitter, LinkedIn or by email and give us any feedback and let us know what you'd like us to cover in the future. Thanks and keep listening.